Yeah, this is, we're not technically at Halloween. We still have a few hours to go, but close, close enough. This is going to be as close as you fuckers get. Yeah. Well, uh, when most people listen to this, it's probably going to be on Halloween Day. So. Yeah, so this is Halloween. See, they didn't need to know any of that. Right, yeah, We yeah, could have yeah. been like, we recorded this on Halloween. Yeah. Like at one in the morning. Yeah. Although even people can see when the episode's released, so. Well. <laughs> we can lie. We right. can lie to you. We can lie, but time signatures don't. <laughs> It's a lie. Everything's a lie. Everything's the Illuminati. The Illuminati's trying to set us up. Yeah. They're trying to dull our brains with all this miscellaneous bullshit. Do you ever have those people at uh, work when you talk to them and stuff, and they're like, man, I've been doing a lot of research on the Illuminati. And, man, that's 
some scary stuff and you're like, where did you find this research at? Oh, on the internet. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. Illuminati was so powerful, you don't think they would govern the internet? I mean, it just doesn't seem like it'd be a very smart move on their yeah. new world order. Right, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, I, a lot of people that are <laughs> even crazier than that shit. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> That's not what this episode's about. This episode's no. fun. A uh, little backstory on why this episode was picked. My son uh, is obsessed, obsessed with this uh, movie, really. He, he loves it. Uh, he's three, just turned three. Uh, he's kind of a Halloween, Halloween baby. <laughs> yeah, is it? Yeah, because he's he's from he's born in October. He's so. born in October, so he's been running around like Captain America ever since I've been over here today. Yeah, he's had the Captain shield. America uh, outfit for about four days, and he's wore some part of it every day. And right, this may go on for a long time, which is great. I mean, I don't care. Captain America is awesome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least he doesn't. At least he doesn't want to be Red Skull for Halloween. That would be yeah, hell horrible. Be the worst. Uh, but he does want a Taskmaster. I don't uh, master. I don't know where to find that at though. Because it's be, one of his uh, animated Captain America cartoons. The villains Taskmaster, Master, yeah. and Red Skull and Crossbones. But Taskmaster is like the main one in that one or something. But uh, the, the thing about the Nightmare Before Christmas, I think, is that it's one of those movies that. Like, little kids can watch it. Grown people can watch it. Right. It's something you can have on, like, if you if, if it's Halloween night and you are giving candy out for kids and you got trick-or-treaters coming by, you can have it on in the background. If you're doing your own Halloween, like, party and you have other people over, you could have it on in the background. Like, it's – I think it's one of those movies that, like, it will be kind of like how, like, Wizard of Oz is kind of like the Thanksgiving movie, right? Everybody kind of always watches the – Wizard of Oz on Thanksgiving. Oh, I thought we always watched the lions getting beat on Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, that's a different kind of cowardly lion. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> except Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is no coward. That, you dude, that dude is no bullshit. Um, SEC represent. SEC. But, uh, <laughs> even if you are from Georgia. But, uh, because it's like, what's the, the Christmas classics are always like, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and, you know, Frosty the Snowman, like the old, old school. Home like, Alone. Like Slamation. Yeah, Home Alone, Die Hard, you know, the, the Christmas classics. Uh, Die Hard is like the best Christmas movie ever. Yeah, it's like the made. best Christmas movie ever. How many Christmas movies have Alan Rickman? It's only Die Hard. End of, end of sentence. But the, I'm, I, I'm actually going to have to investigate that because Alan Rickman was in a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, he was in a lot of things. He could have uh, been in other Christmas movies. Yeah, rest in peace, Rickman. But the yeah. best one that he did was Die Hard, Die Hard yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, and then when and Who you know, was the other guy that was in it? Like, uh, Jerry Willis or something like that? What something was that like Billy Willis? Something like that. We'll get it. If you guys know, just yeah. Well, the, the The guy, you know. The bald-headed dude. Yeah. Was he, was well, no, he, wasn't, he wasn't bald in the movie, but he, he, wasn't, had, the, he, had, the, he had the tank top. The tank and, top. Y Bloody feet and stuff. Kai anyway, he was in the movie with Alan Rickman. Yeah, y Yippie Kai May, Mother Trucker, or whatever. Something you know? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All I remember like about that movie is Hans Gruber. Yeah, which was the main character. He was the good guy in the movie. Yeah. Just kidding. He was awful. No, he was awful. <laughs> He's a German terrorist. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, when we think of the Germans, we just think of, like, you know, cars and fucking Oktoberfest. Like, that's all, that's all Germany is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 
and Sebastian Vettel were losing world titles. Oh, oh shit, shots, shots fired. fired. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, since we're randomly on Formula One, and I am wearing orange today, uh, fuck everybody who doubted Max Verstappen because he won another race in Mexico. I'm actually surprised uh, uh, there was no Red Bull today. Uh, yeah, well, um, I have Red Bull at the house, but I didn't want to get Jaeger, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I kind of, I kind of fucked that up, but I, I didn't. We'll get it next race when he wins again. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're acting like we're never gonna have Red Bull and Jaeger again. Come on. Um, but uh, also, I didn't feel like going anywhere today. I didn't actually leave the house till I left to come here. So you don't have to tell everyone your sad story, John. Right? No, but you I do just... have to tell us what we're drinking today. Uh, well, what we're drinking today is actually not a craft beer. This is a this is a Bud Light. Uh, this is a berry arita. Berry arita. Yeah, it's a seasonal like arita drinks that they make, and uh, this one margaritas. Yeah, it's like a it's a what was it blueberry and raspberry and blackberry. I guess. Yeah, uh, it's a mixture of all the berries, excluding Halley. But they, they left out the best berry. They left out the best berry. <laughs> um, you can even make it taste like Eric Berry, and I think you'd be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he 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 defeated cancer, so right, yeah. So and, he can and once defeat again, sobriety. We're with you, Roman Reigns. You got this. Yeah. Uh, but this is eight percent alcohol, um, and these these are these are uh, eight fluid ounce cans, so they're actually kind of tiny, but they're a little tiny. You cans. get like twelve of them, so you you you. you get a little fucked up if you have enough yeah of these. if you drink enough of those i'm on my second one i'm already feeling it <laughs> yeah it's, it's good i mean they they put they don't they're not stingy on their alcohol they're a bud light no unless uh-huh. you're talking about their actual bud light beers you're right <laughs> and then but, they water uh, them shits down now their margaritas uh, <laughs> are pretty good though I, I like the the coconut rita yeah i thought we'd do something a little different next time we'll get back on track with craft beers probably unless we see another well these are kind of like a limited run so yeah, we just wanted to kind of throw it out there, but I, I give it a three out of three stars. It's really good. Yeah, it's, it's one good. of their better of the ones. margaritas that I, that I've had from Bud Light that are like the canned margaritas like that. This I, I like this one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think this one's the best one so far. And they always they always have their uh, best ones be limited edition because they're like, man, this shit's hard to make. Yeah. Okay, but, so about this movie, uh, eighteen million dollar budget took like three and a half years to make it, which is the animation took that long. Yeah. Man, stop motion. That shit takes so long to fucking do. Well, it's like, uh, you, yeah, it, it is. I mean, you have to, it's literally like pictures. Yeah. You, you know, move you something. Take a picture, move it, take a picture, move it, take a picture, move it. Yeah. And they said the thing that took the longest to do out of everything in the movie is Jack's hand reaching for the Christmas tree doorknob. Oh, really? Because of all the detail behind. Right. And how they got it. You know, you know, Henry Selleck did a really good job directing this movie. Oh, yeah, by the way, this movie was not directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, which threw me for a loop because I was even telling Steve, I was like, okay, I checked the credits and, like, it's not directed by Tim Burton. It's not produced by Tim Burton. I'm like, what the fuck did Tim Burton do in this movie? Because nope. we'll get into that. Yeah. But- I knew about this, but... Uh, but it's have, always, whenever you see it, it's Tim Burton's A the, Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'll let you guys know why that is a little later. Yeah. Let's get to the comments. Um, okay. Well, let's see. What should we start off with first? Uh, let's see. Well, 
Okay. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and start with this one because this is the first one that I put on here. So this movie is very well known for its music. I mean, you even played the This Is Halloween track at the beginning of the episode. Yes. And it's got really good musical numbers in this. Uh, but some people uh, didn't like the music in this movie, which like half of this movie is a musical. So, you know, there's a lot of shit in this movie that has a musical, a, 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 a musical accompaniment. And it's done by one of the greatest. Um, what do you call that? Uh, uh, movie. um you mean composers? Uh, Danny Elfman, the composer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, a, he's a, yeah. He, it's like what, what they call it, movie composers. Uh, yeah, they call it like entertainment composers or. Yeah, it was basically of, it's it's a uh, uh, it's like what Hans Zimmer is, and you know. I was uh, trying to think of what the actual title of that is, though. Is it just music composer? It's uh yeah yeah I think so. It's, sometimes it's it's orchestral composer. Right. Like so, a lot of times like John Williams, because John Williams basically works exclusively with, with an orchestra. Mm-hmm. He's an orchestra composer. That's what he does. It's like Quincy Jones. He's a big, you know, famous one for like a lot of action movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's like Hans Zimmer. He's like an orchestral composer. Mm-hmm. Because he's he, the one that comes up with those epic sounds. Like yeah. A, like when you're doing like an epic or something that you need to. Like the Pirates of the Caribbean, and yeah. like he did, uh, was it Interstellar, and, and Dark he does Knight a lot. Rises. Yeah, he does Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. He works a lot with Chris Nolan. Yeah, Chris Nolan uses him a lot. Hans Zimmer is in like everything. Because uh, didn't he do the soundtrack for Gladiator too? I want to say yes, or was that with somebody else? I want to say he did Gladiator, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, but you know, like um, probably the two best composers is Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman. Um, if you're not counting old school people like John Williams, because John Williams is a legend. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking about kind of like the current people. Yeah, but yeah, John Williams is the the bar. He's the he's the goat. He's yeah, he's the goat of movie scores. Yeah, he's Montana, right? <laughs> he's Montana of movie scores. And then you have the RZA. I'm just kidding. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you want me to talk shit about the RZA? Okay, his Kill Bill soundtrack was pretty good. I loved his score. I wasn't talking right. shit. I was just and small, the, uh, small joke. The man with the iron fist, like uh, that was a pretty good soundtrack because I have I have that movie. Um, but this movie's like widely remembered for being a musical, right? And some people fucking hated that part of this movie. So this comment, this this one says uh, the musical numbers in this film are some of the most useless parts of the movie. <laughs> which makes its very short runtime feel long. There are several musical numbers throughout the film, many of them several minutes long, and they barely cover or barely, barely convey anything. And Jack's song at the beginning of the movie, all we learn is that he is tired of Halloween, but that song runs for at least three minutes. Other songs give out no information about the characters or is working towards a plot point. It is basically just a pointless musical number uh, that is meant to be redundant. The opening song is all the monsters singing about what they are and how it's Halloween. I'm confused. What are all these creatures? Just have them each tell me what they are in a few stanzas of a song, and then we'll put it all together to make a four-minute song. And that'll get it across to the audience. I think this guy was probably disturbed by the clown with the removable face. <laughs> well. <laughs> the tearaway face. The clown with the tearaway face. face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, every one of these songs in this movie tells the story of what the movie is about, which is how 
musicals work. Yeah. Um, musicals have their, you know, um, in between scenes, which is the continuation of the story that was sung. And a lot of times in musical, how a lot of things work is like this first song, it, it, it did show you like, this is routine mm-hmm. in Halloween town and Jack yeah. wants more. Yeah. So, cause he's the pumpkin King and he's, he's kind of responsible for leading this every year. Yeah. He is, you know, the, the scary, you know, the scariest person there and he's supposed to be the, the leader and even the mayor kind of answers to Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Shaddix. Glenn Shaddix. I, I, just, I was also just pointing out to Steve earlier. I was like, I think it's, it's kind of awesome how the mayor, the town's mayor is two faced, like literally mm-hmm. his face will switch from like happy mayor to like, you know, sad or like mean mayor. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's just funny how it's just like a really, that that's definitely a little political dig that he put in there. It's very subtle. And if you're a kid, you'll never notice that his face changes right. and then he's two faced, but he's a politician. He's a mayor. He runs Halloween town and he has two faces. So it's like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, as you're older, you recognize stuff like that. But when you're a kid, you don't notice that. That's well, something you only get Disney when you're did have it go under a different company because they thought it was too scary. Uh, but it is a Disney movie. Yeah, it uh, is considered a Disney movie. Because they, they did produce it. They just, they put it under another company back in the day because they didn't want to say that was a Disney movie. But now recently, it is a Disney movie. They've, like, they've owned it, yeah. Yeah, because it was in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. And uh, that's Disney and Square Enix. But uh, I think that the the thing that, that people, like when they, they talked about uh, the music and everything, it's like that's one of the things that people love about this movie is the musical stuff. It's one of the best things about this movie. Yeah. And because Danny little Elfman. kids sing along to it. Like your, like your son will just start like singing some of the lyrics from the songs. Yeah. I mean, literally, like uh, this is Halloween. He likes uh, – and some of the other songs that I don't know so well, like I'll, I'll see them. Like the Oogie Boogie song. And- well, not even that one. It's like the one where he's singing and Sally's listening in. Uh, at the oh, at the after they do the Halloween party and he's yeah, kinda- and he starts singing about you know how he's kind of sad and depressed and stuff. My son yeah. will be singing that like word for word. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know that song that well. And Sally's just kind of like you know just creeping around trying to figure out. Yeah. What he's talking about, yeah. But it, that's the thing. The, the musical things in this are what carry the story forward because, you know, the whole town is based on Halloween. So once a year, they they count down to Halloween. That's like their Super Bowl. It's everything. It's like yeah. the biggest moment of their year is fucking doing Halloween Day and doing, you know, their all their scary routines and stuff like that because the town is based on Halloween. So Jack does that. He goes through the motions like he normally does because he's the pumpkin king. It's like his responsibility, but he really doesn't want to be there. Then the next musical thing is him alone when he's like out, you know, on the moonlight and he's just kind of like walking through the graveyard and he's just kind of like, he just doesn't really want to do this anymore because he's like, there's got to be something else out here. He's like, he's been doing this for, you know, who knows how many centuries probably. Right. And he's just bored as fuck, you know? Um, it's it's somewhere because we don't they don't ever say the timeline, but it's somewhere in between World War II and 1991. Oh, well, that's kind of a big uh, because a big well the jump. reason why it's a Christmas 
with a full moon, and in between those times, there was only five Christmases with full moons. Ah. So it had to happen somewhere between World War II and 1991. Oh, okay. A lot of people were actually thinking, like, uh, it happened happened during World War II. Huh. Well, that's interesting. You really don't get a big clue. Well... They have like when when they're trying to shoot Jack down at the end of the movie when he's when he's doing uh, his <laughs> when he's doing his like Santa gig at the end of the movie um, they are firing like cannons and stuff at him but you don't get an idea I mean I guess I guess it's around like the eighties nineties because Maybe, of the technology yeah. yeah because it doesn't feel like it's World War Two era yeah they're just saying there's only five full moons ever on Christmas between those those eras till then so it had to be Somewhere around there. Yeah. So, the, but uh, the music, I think, in this movie, especially because it is letting you know the like the emotional content of each character. Because Sally gets, she gets a song, and then you know Jack gets of quite a few. You know, uh, he's the main character. Yeah, because he's the main character. He does a lot of singing in this movie, which is I didn't realize. Uh, until I like looked at the credits and then you were like, yeah, Danny Elfman did do the singing for this. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I was like, wow. I'm like, usually when you think of Danny Elfman though, you just think of him as just like a musician and like, like a composer. You don't think of him as a singer, but he was in Oingo Boingo back in the eighties. Yeah. He was in Oingo Boingo. Yeah. So he was, you know, in a band, but it's like, it's weird how like, it's kind of like Mark Mothersbaugh, you know, like he was, uh, he was in Devo and then all of a sudden he starts working um, on Rugrats in the 90s doing the soundtrack and the score for the Rugrats cartoon. And then he just basically was like, fuck Devo, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to be a composer for TV. And like that's that's all he's been since. Yeah. You know? Some people find their callings after they find, they they kind of might live their dream and then that wasn't really their calling. And then they actually yeah. find their calling. Well, I always thought it was kind of, kind of funny because on, on Ricky Gervais's podcast, he would always talk about like when he was in like his goth phase, he was in like a, it was like a, a, a goth band basically, you know, and they wore like the Victorian style shirts and all that sort of stuff. And he was like, eventually he just got to a point where he just realized that wasn't, that wasn't what he was supposed to be doing. He wanted to be a musician and he's always liked music. That's why he has David Brent play the guitar and stuff when he plays that character mm-hmm. for The Office. The, the UK office, but his really calling is being a comedian. That's what he's best at, you know? Yeah, I mean, he is, uh, he is the British version of Steve Carell. Yeah. Steve Carell is the British, the American version of him. Yeah. Whichever way, way you want to look at it. Yeah. You want to look at it. I mean, Steve Carell is more successful because you see him more American movies, but UK, you know, they probably don't even know who the fuck Steve Carell is. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they know who he is. They now just don't. they do. I'm just saying. Yeah. Back in the day, though, they had no idea who no. he was. Now they do. Yeah, unless I mean, they happen to they watch, watch the Daily the Show. Daily, that's what I was about to say. You think they watch the Daily Show? Yeah. I doubt it. They wouldn't even get it. It's most making fun of Americans. It's so. making fun of American politics and stuff, <laughs> yeah. Why would they watch that? And they're just like, I want to see how much better we are than Americans today. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's why, you know. Yeah, but uh, that's why John Oliver does it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he makes good money for HBO now. Um, but why uh, HBO now? Now, yeah, <laughs> HBO. You need to cut us a check. Cut us a check, HBO. 
Or you can just give Steve free HBO for life. I think he'll be okay with that. Um, as long as you keep Game of Thrones going. Right, yeah. <laughs> keep it rolling. John Forever. Oliver and Game of Thrones. Yeah, John Oliver and Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, Bring True Blood back. Uh, but uh, I, I think like when people complain about the, the music of this movie, do you think it's because... When they went into it, they thought it was just going to be just like a regular, like a scary kids movie. And then they're like, why the fuck is this movie a musical? And that's what pissed them off. They wasn't expecting it to be a musical. It doesn't work if it's not a musical. I think it, because if you take out the songs and you were just replaced it with dialogue. What's it, memorable about the movie after that? You know, it's, like it's I mean, yeah, I mean, the music is kind of the thing that drives this movie. It's the, the thing that sticks in your head. It's the reason it's a classic. Yeah. And this asshole, our assholes don't have any legs to stand on. I mean, it's one of the most popular, you know, holiday movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's only been around since, what, 93, 92? When did this come out? 93? Uh, 93, I think, yes. Yeah. Um, so, it, I think that if you're watching this movie and you don't have the songs, I don't think you... I don't think it's the same movie. Like if you did a cut of this movie where you took the songs out of it, it wouldn't even like, really make it. sense. It would be stupid. You'd be like, oh, this is dumb. But the songs is what really carries the movie forward because when it breaks into the musical stuff, it's like it brings energy and it brings importance back into what's going on in the Taking story. Taking the music out of this is like taking John Belushi out of the Blues Brothers. Right. You would just take the soul out of it. Like what What? What was, you know, what happened you know, to the Blues Brothers stuff whenever, you know, John Belushi passed away. They just, yeah. They tried to do it. They tried to do it after that. Yeah. With, what, Dan Aykroyd as the league? No, no. And Dan Aykroyd's a good actor, but... Blues Brothers is John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. It's like, you gotta have Belushi be the leader of that. Yeah. You know? He's the one with the personality. So you take the music out of this, it's kind of the same thing. It's You just take the soul out of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Jack, you know, he sings through a lot of his, his problems. And Sally, she does too, because she's tortured. Yeah. She's kind of like a female Frankenstein. Yeah. You know. Well, do you want to go and talk about Sally then? Since Let's talk about it? Sally. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Sally then. Okay, let me it's jump called down. a segue in the business. Yeah, in the business, that's called a segue. <laughs> And at that we shit, Paul total, Blart we went totally on. opposite directions with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not that shit Paul Blart rides on. But uh, nope, it's not a dick. <laughs> I don't believe I've ever seen a dick riding mustache, but apparently you have one, son. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a mustache ride? Yeah, if, if Kevin James ever listens to this, he'll be like, what the fuck? Do these guys hate me? No. No, we don't hate we you, don't Kevin hate James. <laughs> we just we just we just wish we had Chris Farley back. But anyway, um We would trade you. <laughs> we would trade you for Chris Farley in a heartbeat. Don't get it twisted. Um, we like you, but <laughs> Yeah. We need we need our lovable fat guy back. Yeah. Um so People had a lot of issues with Sally in this movie. Uh, that's one of the main things that I kind of discovered when I was slipping through. You mean one of the most iconic female characters of all time? Yep. People did not like Sally. Not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are we surprised by anything at this point? No. Um, 
So they're like, she should have stayed in her place. The right. creator should have, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I want to hear what they got to say. Okay, so it says, um, the most surprising of them all, it, was, it says, like, even with other problems in the movie, the most surprising of them all is how pointless several of the characters are. Sally is supposed is, sec, is supposed to be the uh, second most important character in the whole movie after Jack, but she is pointless. She, Sally has, has basically no character, but the movie acts like she's important. All she does is run away from her creator and try to poison him, the evil uh, scientist, the doctor, and, and have a, a premonition involving Jack's uh, Christmas, um, his uh, Christmas attempt when he tries to attempt to be Santa. She also has a pointless romance with Jack that literally comes out of nowhere at the end and is pointless to the characters in the story. Sally's relationship with Jack was completely forced because of this. They had absolutely no chemistry with each other. The only time they even talked to each other was when Sally was warning Jack about how his desire to become Santa Claus was a bad idea. With Sally being pointless to the story, it also makes the evil scientist who made her pointless to the film. None of that's correct. Yeah, I mean, Sally is like one of the strongest characters in this movie, and, and then the scientist actually helps Jack get everything he needs to actually do this whole crusade of Santa Claus. Yeah, but Sally is uh, how I took it anyway. She's um, she's what makes Jack find himself again. Yeah, and she's actually the caring part. Like he thinks he needs something more. And this is how I seen it. And some the thing that was more that he needed was in front of him the whole time with Sally, who always envied him, kind of, you know, yeah. always kind of loved him from a distance. Yeah. Ever since she was created, so you know, it was it was a different style of a love story, but it was a love story. Yeah. And it's also because uh, even at the end of the movie, Jack starts to realize that Sally has has kind of always been around him, but he never really paid her much attention. Right. You know, but when he needs, he needs somebody that can be a seamstress to put together his Santa Claus costume. Sally's the first person he thinks of. And he's like, Sally, I have a job for you. I need you to make my Santa Claus costume. Right. You know, because he needs to, he needs her to make the red suit and all that kind of stuff. And it's, I think it's interesting because it's like, uh, like you said, she's kind of like a female Frankenstein. She mm -hmm. was put together, from a bunch of body parts, basically from this crazy scientist, doctor guy, you know, who's supposed to be kind of like Dr. Frankenstein. And then every chance she gets, she tries to poison this motherfucker. <laughs> it's the greatest. I like how like every time she like serves him something and she's like spiking his tea with like poisoned herbs. And I mean, his name is Finkelstein. Yeah. So it's like, because this whole movie plays on all those tropes. Cause you have like the Dracula type vampires and, you know, you have a werewolf guy. You have the 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 clown with the tearaway face. <laughs> the clown with the tearaway face. Uh, you know, that was a great line. That was a great, great line. line. And um, it's like it plays on all these tropes because then you have the witches. You know, the witches are part of this. You know, I mean, even like his dog Zero is a is a ghost dog. You know, with a nose with a tiny glowing jack o' lantern. Yeah, uh, and I think it's. It's interesting about this movie because, like, some people are like, well, Sally doesn't have any point in this movie. And it's like, well, Sally is the one who basically saves the day at the end because she frees Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. And she like, gets him out of there. And then, like, you know, Jack, she gets him out of there so he can 
go and actually fix Christmas for the the humans, and then you know Jack deals with with Oogie Boogie. So yeah, he whoops that Oogie Boogie ass. <laughs> That's an awesome scene at the end too. Him versus Oogie Boogie. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, but she kind of saves the day at the end, and it's like I, I think it's. Some people probably when they watch this movie, they probably feel like, oh, well, you could have done the story without Sally. And it's like, no, the story to a degree is about Sally. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a big part about Sally. It's, it's, she's the she's the opposite of what Jack is. Yeah. Jack is, you know, he's popular. Everybody in Halloween Town loves him. The mayor, you know, as soon as Jack goes missing and he kind of goes off his little adventure to the Christmas town, you know, he was like, uh, you know, Jack's missing. We need to find him. You know, he's like the mayor's going crazy because he's like. We have 365 days until Halloween and we don't know where Jack is. We're not going to be prepared. Like he's just like, he's losing his mind because he can't figure out where the hell Jack went. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, when, whenever Jack comes back, he's, he's treated like a celebrity, right? Cause everybody in town loves him. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks he's like, you know, he's like the scariest dude and he's what makes Halloween work. And, like, nobody pays attention to Sally. Like, she's Nothing. almost invisible through, like, most of the movie because she's always behind and behind stuff because she's trying to stay away from the scientists. She tries to get away from that dude as much as she possibly can because he created her. And I don't know what he created her for. She's supposed to be, like, a daughter or if he's, she's supposed to be, like, a girlfriend or... I think he's supposed to be, like, her, his wife. Yeah. Is that, and she's just, always, like, cooked this and... You can't leave and all that kind of stuff. And she's always leaving. Yeah. She's always finding better ways to like knock his ass out and mm-hmm. stuff. And then there's like the the one where she she poisons like his soup or whatever. And then, you know, he was like, well, he was like, I think you should taste it. If it's as good as you say it is, you should try it first. And then she like has like the, the, the rig spoon. And like runs holes it in she's it. like, mm, this is good. Yeah, and he's like, he's yeah. The- and he like takes the bullet. He's like, it's good. And he's like, boom. Yeah, and then like later on, he was like, uh, he was like, I'm getting tired of you poisoning me, girl. And he's like holding his head because he's still poisoned, you know. And it's like, but you know, it's like a lot of a, a lot of females probably do feel like Sally, like they're trapped in relationships or whatever. Yeah, whether it's you know uh, like a, a husband situation or something that they don't like. You know, there's a lot of girls and like a lot of women who probably watch this that are kind of like, yeah, you know, get away from that crazy scientist guy. Because mm-hmm. if you like Jack, go after Jack, you know, because right. like, you know, he's cool. You know, he's uh, he's tall, dark and handsome. <laughs> tall, pale and handsome. He's tall, pale and handsome. Yeah. Well, dark suit, I meant. Uh, he does have a dark suit. Yes, he does. Um, and he can also remove his own head, too, which is cool. And then hold it and like do Shakespeare. <laughs> he would be great in plays. Yeah, he would be great in plays because we would be like, dude, that's awesome. And we was- went to the mall for a trick or treat thing, and then uh, Daniela was like, "Hey, it's the Phantom of the Opera or whatever." And I'm like, "That's not the Phantom of the Opera. That's just." <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Phantom of the Opera only has over the one eye. Right. The, yeah. This person like had kind of like a rigged up. Jack Skelton because they had like a just like a solid white mask on. Yeah. But they had the pinstripe suit with the big bow tie. Yeah, and the, fe- the little feathers. Yeah, and I was like, well, you're supposed to be Jack. 
Yeah, Speedy but, Jack Skellington. Yeah, the the parents or whatever didn't draw the face on the white mask. I don't. They think. didn't make the yeah because he has like the kind of like the the white mouth. They would have did that. Yeah, I mean, I get and where the, the Phantom eyes. of the Opera thing would come from because it's a white mask, solid white mask. Yeah, but they just didn't bother to draw the stuff on the face. They're just like, here, just put this on. You're Jack. Yeah. He's a skeleton, right? It's like, yeah, but he kind of has like features. He has like a yeah, he has like a he has like a <laughs> mouth, and he has yeah, like a skeleton nose, and you know he has eyes. Um, but uh, I just think that like people who watch this movie and they don't understand Sally's importance, you know, they're probably a dick to women. Like they, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that seems like that's the case. It just it feels almost like a. Uh, like some kind of a me too thing, you know, because I mean, she's basically trapped by this guy and every time she like escapes or whatever, then he's like trying to find ways to like bring her back. I mean, even though at one point in the movie where he's on his little like wheelchair at the beginning and she's trying to get away to go like to go see what's up with Jack. Cause he kind of wanders off. He's like depressed and she like fucking takes that shit out on her arm and, her arm like falls off and she just like keeps running. <laughs> yeah. She's like, take it. Yeah. Take the arm. I would rather have my freedom than like, than you know, be stuck dealing with you. Yeah, for real. But uh, she's actually a good seamstress because she put together Jack's costume and it fit perfectly. Yeah, she knows how to sew. Yeah. Cause she's had to sew her own body up together a lot, you know, yeah. cause that's basically, she's just made up of like just random body parts and shit. Oh yeah. Gwen Stefani, by the way, is probably one of the best uh, Sally costumes I've ever seen. So like if they ever make cosplay, a, yeah, they were doing it for Halloween this year, uh-huh. and I seen it, and I was like, well, if you ever do a live action, like a play or something, I wouldn't say remake the movie, be live action. Disney has to stop at some point. Right. Uh, <laughs> but if you were going to do like a play version of this, yeah, you get Gwen Stefani to be Gwen Sally. That would be would, yeah, great. Now, and that so if you get Gwen to be Sally, who do you get to be Jack? Sasha Baron Cohen. In a live action? Oh! <laughs> Maybe, yeah, that could probably He's work. He's tall, skinny, linky. Yeah. He, he can sing. Uh, you know, his face really doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure it'll be a mask. You would just probably do makeup. Yeah. yeah. That would be interesting, yeah. You know, his, his big things is always kind of like live action stuff that he's the best at. So, I yeah. think you, uh, that's the, like the first name that came to my mind. And I wasn't thinking Gwen Stefani, but that probably would work out pretty well. Yeah, it'd be great if they ever just did like a one-time live-action play with some some big superstars. Just sell out Broadway for like a one night only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It's like we got Gwen Stefani and Sasha Baron Cohen, and you know, uh, and then let's uh, let's see who else would. Oogie Boogie really could be anybody. You just put somebody in a big sack. John Goodman is Oogie Boogie. Yeah, yeah, good John Goodman, yeah. Oh, he'd be great at that, man. Yeah, even his voice would sound really good. Um, let's see. I wonder, who would you get to be the mayor? Uh, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Oh, DeVito is the mayor. That would be great. Danny you could DeVito. put him in the suit and then that tall-ass hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah Danny DeVito. Danny definitely. DeVito would be an awesome mayor. Definitely. Um. Oh, shit, uh, who would you who would you get to be the uh, the scientist guy, the the crazy oh, scientist yeah, the dude? Scientist guy. Um. Oh, that one, that one's actually a little hard. Um, you, you'd have to get somebody who could, you know, maybe do that with like an accent or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, kind of a. Yeah. Ooh. 
Somebody that can be really good as a dick. Get Daniel Brühl to do it. Daniel Brühl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he could do the German accent. I was thinking Fassbender, but no, Brühl. I think Brühl's better. I yeah. think Brühl's better for that. that. For that particular role, yes. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so who would you, who would you get to be Santa then? Oh, Santa. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Because <laughs> Anthony Hopkins could basically do anything. You know, and he's he really loves doing like live action like plays and stuff. He he's done. He's it. always been a, a big Shakespearean yeah, actor. Yeah, he, he's always loved that type of stuff. So that, that if they ever did like, hey, we need a this is a one time only live action Broadway show musical for a night, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And it's a one-time only. We're only doing this and show it's once. Filmed, and you get these all these people and stuff like that. People will be like, "Oh my god!" And if you're like Sasha Baron Cohen's, like, "No, I don't want to do no Disney stuff." Then, of course, the next option is Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Depp would probably do that because it's you know it's yeah uh, because it's it's a Tim Burton project. So actually, let's talk sense. about that next. About what? Tim Burton. About Tim Burton. Well, I don't really have anything in here about Tim Burton, actually. Okay. Well, Unless we'll... you do. Because people didn't really complain about Burton. Well, okay, I can't do this. Um, about, uh, okay, I can do this. This actually does tie into Tim Burton. I do have a comment for that. I wasn't thinking it was Burton-related specifically, but I guess it does tie in. Okay. So, one of the things about this movie is that it is a, it's, it's like a cultural icon, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you were talking about, like you could see somebody in a costume and you know, immediately that pinstripe black suit, that skeleton, you know exactly who that is because the movie's kind of iconic and the imagery is iconic, right. especially skeleton. They sell merchandise of this fucking movie constantly. Cause you'll see like Jack Skellington pillows that are like his head and I love you all know, that stuff. yeah, that stuff's great. Yeah, they have all kinds of merchandise about it. And then some people fucking hated that part about this movie. <laughs> so, uh, th- well, this let's is, talk about it. This is, this is, uh, one guy's comment. I, this is one guy specifically that wrote this. So I saved this just for him. I didn't put his username from IMDb. Okay, okay. So I can, I'll come up with his own, uh, Jimmy Small Penis. Okay. Jimmy Small Penis. <laughs> He's from the small penis tribe of Arizona, right? Yeah. Yeah. They all have very small penis. Right. So it says uh so ladies, you need to test to see how small people's penises. Ask them do they like the nightmare before Christmas. If they say no, very small. Right. Very yeah. small. Is it very small? Um <laughs> <laughs> Like on South Park when they're like, We have very small penis. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the size of a bottle cap. Right. Yeah. It's just wide and flat. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, man, this shit's going off the rails here. Okay. No, we're talking about it anymore. Yeah. So I it almost saved this comment just specifically to get Steve's reaction to this. So mm. it says, this movie has bore the worst kind of people. Like, seriously, what the fuck? What's the deal with all of these uh, freaking Trendsbians pretending to really like The Nightmare Before Christmas and wearing Jack Skellington hoodies? They're always bisexual with their best friend, and this group of people is like a culture uh, that's really lame. They all pretend to like uh, Gurr and haven't actually watched Invader Zim, or which was just like 22 minutes of screaming, in my opinion. 
Yeah, you've all seen him. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Thanks, Tim Burton. Thanks for making half the girls in my school want to be goth bisexuals who are looking for dumb guys to say, that's hot, too. I hate you. <laughs> well, this guy... This guy has some serious issues. We probably need to see if this guy has guns and some kind of a suicide pact or something. This guy can't get a girlfriend. Yeah, all the girls in my school are bisexual because of fucking Tim Burton. No, they're probably bisexual because you keep asking them out. And they're like, no. I'd never. rather eat box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably that just what they're telling you. Because, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like, hey, would you want to go out on a date? It's like, no, nah, I, I eat box. I really don't. Yeah, eat, I, uh, I, no. I, I'm. I'm bisexual. Uh, I'm I'm gay. I don't I don't like guys. I'm I'm a lesbian. And then it's like, hey, what you're dating that dude now? And it's stuff like, oh, turns out I'm just bi. And it's like, oh, fucking Tim Burton. Fucking Tim Burton <laughs> turning all the turn all the friggin' girls gay. <laughs> that sounds like they're, the they're putting chemicals in the water and making all the girls gay. <laughs> yeah, who wrote this? Alex Jones? I don't know. Because uh, this sounds ridiculous. Because it just randomly throws does in he some think a movie, bullshit in Does the he middle. think a movie makes people bisexual? I think so. He even used the word transbians, which I, I almost wanted to highlight so I wouldn't forget it. But I don't know how you could forget it now. But I'm like, what the fuck is a transbian? First of all, movies, music, nothing like that can determine your sexuality. That's just ridiculous. Your DNA does. Yeah. Or how, yeah however you're born or raised or... Whatever. Whoever you are is who you are. And movies and music and, you know, stuff like that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Nothing. So that is just some fucking first rate bullshit. Right. I just think that it's like... He blamed Tim Burton for, you know, what, creating bisexuals? Right. Yeah, what was his line exactly? Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Tim Burton. Uh, thanks for making half the girls in my school want to be goth bisexuals, in quotes, who are looking for dumb guys to say, that's hot, too. And then he put, I, dot, 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 I hate you. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. If Tim Burton had that power to make the girls around me goth bisexuals, He'd be a fucking god. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, we're going to turn all the girls around you into a bunch of, like, legal age Lydia, Lydia Dietz. It's like, oh, shit, okay. You are the fucking you man. You are the fucking man, <laughs> son. Um, Winona Ryder. It's yeah. funny how, like, we cannot do Halloween without doing at least two Tim Burton episodes. And, and we have two episodes that feature Winona Ryder. <laughs> You know, because Dracula, the Dracula episode, we had Winona and then Beetlejuice, obviously. I mean, she's an icon. She's an icon and she's kind of a goth icon to a degree because of the Lydia character and stuff. I mean, Tim Burton turned her into a goth bisexual. Yeah, that's what happened. He's turning all of our all of our good uh, dark haired beauties into fucking bisexuals (laughs) that (laughs) love death and black, you know. And I can't like, even get a date with her because she's eating other women. <laughs> yeah. She's and eating then, out some witch's box in some coven somewhere. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> what? No, you just suck. You you apparently suck. That's why you can't get a date. You are awful. This um this is like one of those uh what do they call it? The uh the this is like one of those incel guys 
You yeah. know, like the the involuntary celibate guys that they, they they keep talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like they blame all their problems on like women, and it's like, well, you know, it, the society's changed, and like, you know, we can't get laid anymore. And it's like probably just because you're a fucking weirdo. It's not because of society. It's yeah. Well, okay. So if you can't sexually harass women, you can't get laid anymore. That is ridiculous. Women like sex just as much as men do. If you're good person to them and you're nice and you can you have know, sex they, they will sleep with you without right. you having to be like hey i can get you a movie role yeah that's just weird that's some harvey weinstein shit that's some crazy but shit. this guy saw a bunch of girls at the mall that was like dressed up in like jack skellington hoodies and was like fucking tim burton you know well, like well, well okay actually what what he's describing is him seeing a bunch of girls at the mall in jack skeleton hoodies making out and he's like i fucking hate those bitches yeah tim burton made all these chicks buy and it's like uh for one you've seen like a couple goth girls at the mall and jack skeleton hoodies making out would your first response be i fucking hate tim burton no my first my first thing i'd be like i fucking love tim burton <laughs> i love tim burton i'd walk up and be like i love that movie too you chicks are awesome yeah <laughs> um and then it's like, selfie? Can I get a selfie? Can I yeah. at least get a selfie with you guys? <laughs> right, sure. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. You guys want to go for coffee? Yeah. <laughs> you want to go for coffee? <laughs> no, you're probably more like absinthe chicks. You guys want to drink absinthe? You guys want to drink some absinthe? Talk about poetry party? and yeah. fuck a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we can skip the other two things. <laughs> right, yeah. We don't have to drink absinthe if, you don't, if you're not into it. And I, I, who, fuck poetry. Who cares about poetry? <laughs> Let's just, let's just get to the let's just get to the box munching. Um, but uh, we do not condone any of that. <laughs> it's just pure comedy, people. This calm is pure down. comedy. Don't freak pure out. Comedy. Calm down. There was literally uh, absinthe in the Dracula movie, and nobody made anything about that. Yep. Um, we drank it. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I had to save that comment because I'm like, oh, this comment's directly going to be for Steve. Yeah, that, wanted, that's crazy. Because I want his reaction to it. Okay, so for a lot of people that don't know, Tim Burton didn't actually direct this movie. Uh, we talked about that at the early part of the episode. Henry Selleck directed this. He was there for the three and a half so years directing this movie. Cut um, animation takes a long time. It does take a long time. But yeah. Tim Burton created the story. And came up with all the characters, and even drew what they were supposed to look like. Uh, Tim Burton got really fucking mad about something Henry wanted to do on the set, and that was was he going to make Sally a bisexual? Exactly. No, no, <laughs> no that's not exactly. He was going to make Oogie Boogie, Doctor Frankel Finkelstein in disguise. And Tim Burton got so mad, he kicked a hole in a wall. Really? And told him that isn't what he is. Yeah. He's They're the boogie Two man. different characters. Yeah. You're not going to make him some uh, twist at the end. And Tim Burton wasn't on set a lot, but he did approve anything that happened in the movie. Because it is, it is his. It is creation. his original story that he wrote and, and wanted to direct. But he was making Batman Returns and Edward at the same time. Yeah. And I'll tell you guys about the falling out 
between Tim Burton and Danny Elfman after our break. Yes. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and then we'll talk about that. And then we'll also talk about uh, this ruining people. Yeah, the Danny Elfman thing. Okay. Tim Burton came up with the idea uh, for this movie because he watched Halloween decorations being taken down at a store and Christmas decorations being put up. And his imagination ran wild. Ah, okay. That is- I kind of have that same complaint because like, I'll go into like the Dollar Tree or something or like one of those like Dollar General or whatever. And it's like they're, they're, they've already put like, the pumpkins and the plastic witches and all that shit on clearance. And they're already moving the Christmas stuff in. It's like it's not even Halloween yet. What the fuck? Why are you guys trying to move the holidays by so fast? You know? Yeah, and that's where Tim Burton came up with the, the merger of that. They actually tried to make a sequel to this movie, the studio did, and Tim Burton convinced them not to because he didn't wanna he didn't wanna see Jack like see what he'd do in Thanksgiving and Easter and the Fourth of July and all that stuff because he's like for his fans and all that, because you know, say what you want about him what Henry Selleck did for this. Tim Burton protected this because it was his creation. Now, Selig should get credit for directing this amazing movie yeah. and all the work that they did. But Danny Elfman and Burton had it out too during this film. No one knows exactly what it's about, or maybe someone does, but I couldn't find it. Uh, but the reason Danny Elfman was supposed to do the score for Ed Wood and uh, because of whatever happened on this movie, Elfman was fired from Ed Wood. Hmm. 
by Tim Burton. Wow. Because <laughs> like early Tim Burton, you always think of Danny Elfman because mm-hmm. of Beetlejuice and like uh, did he did he do Edward Scissorhands too? Yes, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. So like you you, you almost can't use those two together. I mean, you can't you can't do a movie without those two together. It, it's just weird if they're not working together. Right. Yeah. And he, he was just like, whatever they had it out about, which, like I said, I, I don't know. I mean, but he he was like, yeah, you're not coming for Ed Wood. Uh, don't touch my wood. <laughs> don't touch my wood. Um, I wonder if it was like something related to like the musical score. Maybe Tim Burton wanted it to sound differently than it did. And Danny was like, well, I'm the, I'm the composer. So I'm going to make it how I want. Right. I, I wonder mean, if it was something like that, like related to the score that uh, Tim Burton wanted the music to be different. Maybe, but you know, Danny Elfman wrote all the lyrics himself for the musical numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's since been resolved because, uh, you know, Danny Elfman's doing the music for the Dumbo movie. And that's that's supposed to come out next year. So, yeah, they've resolved it, but they had a little spat out about that. But I think maybe it could have been that, or it could have been um, uh, maybe Elfman's lack of involvement in Edward or something like that. Ah, uh, okay. You know, maybe he was dedicated to the Nightmare Before Christmas and didn't want to spend any time on. Ed Wood, and so he was like, "Well, if you don't want to, you're fired. You're, I'll just get another. You're fired. Guy. I'm getting a different. I'm getting a different composer. Because this this movie did like, which you know, Elfman wouldn't have been on the set for three years because it's just the animators. That yeah, had to be there for the three years. I mean, he's and then they would have had to call in the people after they would have got all the animation done for the musical number to do the musical numbers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah." Or would you have had the musical numbers first and then yeah, match actually, the animation? Yeah, you, you have to do yeah, you actually have yeah, to you have to sing do first and then match the animation to the singer. <laughs> yeah, actually, right. it's the other way. Yeah, you so that the to, mouth and everything moves the way it's supposed so to. So all that stuff's matches. actually done first, and then you go in and do all the animation. Yeah, so that does seem kind of weird. How, but the, it, like we don't know because we don't know exactly what the the point of contention was between them. Well, yeah, like uh, Tim Burton's so secretive. Like we don't even know why him and you know, you know Helen Bunn and Carter got divorced. They yeah, never I never said, heard anything about that. I thought they were still together. Yeah, they were. They they, you were like one day, like yeah, it's like Helen and Bunn and Carter's with like different dude, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck happened between her and Tim Burton? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know because I don't keep up with Hollywood rumors and who's dating who and all that. I don't care, you know, unless I happen to see it like on a magazine I or do. something. I need to store. know who. Jennifer Lawrence is fucking right, yeah. Because I'm trying to stalk that chick, and I need to know where she is. I need no. to know where she at, at all times. Yeah, we do at not support times. stalking. No, do not stalk. Do not stalk women. <laughs> Don't do that. And stop hacking Jennifer Lawrence's phone for nudie pics. Yeah, sad. It's not her fault. She's that good looking, naked, and she wants to take pictures of herself. Doesn't mean you got to be hacking the shit and putting She's it all over the internet. Sending those people that she wants it to see. You yeah. fucking weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, one thing. I'll uh, beat their ass, Jennifer Lawrence. I will fuck them up. Right, yeah. The fuck people keep out. hacking your phone. And whoever is <laughs> uh, doing that to Scarlett Johansson's phone. Yeah. But we all know hackers are cowards. 
Yeah. They're all a bunch of fucking cows. Oh, if they actually had to, like, confront Scarlett Johansson, she would whoop their ass. Yeah, you're all, you're all a bunch of cowards. You're not skilled. You're just a bunch of bitches that hide behind your computers. And think that uh, Tim Burton made all the girls in your high school bisexual? <laughs> That's, the, like, the craziest thing. You know, the, <laughs> the, the, the water is making all the frogs gay or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I think Alex Jones did write that comment. That was he Alex had Jones to back in the day, like, yeah. You know why I couldn't get a girl in high school? Because of fucking Tim Burton. Tim making Burton everyone bisexual. Turned all the girls in my school into goth bisexuals. It's like, well, you know if they're bisexual, they still like guys, which means that's not the reason they didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they were full lesbians, then that's different. Yeah. But anyway. But that's not a choice. That's just who they are. So then again, a movie's not to blame. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, uh... Confusion about this movie doesn't just stop at uh, why bisexual girls like Jack Skellington hoodies. <laughs> so, <laughs> so am I a bisexual girl because I totally wear a Jack Skellington hoodie? Yes, that does make you. That makes you a transbian. Oh, yeah, fuck. you're a transbian now. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny because you've always liked munching box. <laughs> hey, it works. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> so, uh, people were confused about the rules of this world and how it works. What? In a fucking kids movie. Yeah, exactly. That's your, your reaction's like, My what? My three-year-old knows how it works. Yeah, so... You guys need explaining? Yeah, so Maybe I should go wake him up. Apparently, we need, to, we need <laughs> to drop some knowledge on some motherfuckers. So, uh, it says, how the worlds operate in this movie is never explained, nor does it make any sense. It is never stated specifically how the worlds are connected or if the other worlds are even aware of e of the of the, each other's existences, uh, Skellington apparently has no idea about the other holiday worlds, but the Christmas world knew of the human world. Then all of the worlds are shown to be connected through some doorways in the forest, through the trees. Yet Jack gets from the human world to Halloween Town via an entrance in a graveyard later on. Jack also flew in the sky while in Halloween Town on his coffin sleigh. Pulled by the skeleton reindeer and zero, which would not fit through any of the doors or into the graveyard entrance. So how did he get into the human world? They're all in the human world. I mean, I think because there's like a, it's like a portal, right? Because it's a portal. They're all in the human into, world, though, because Halloween's already in the human world. Right. And Christmas all the other holidays. Easter, there's like, there's a world for uh, St. Patrick's Day. There's one for Thanksgiving. The you know, portals are for them to cross over. They're all separate. They're right. all in the same world, but the portals that Jack finds is for them to cross, like, the only way they can cross over into each other. Yeah. Because they're always separate. Yeah. It's pretty easy to understand. Because when he goes through the grave and he, like, finds his way into that forest and he sees the one with the Christmas tree on it and he mm -hmm. falls in... It's a, he falls through like a portal, yeah, and then he falls when he through a portal. and then when he when he kind of like comes to he's that's when he does the what's this what's this, what's this? you know and he's like he's like I've never seen this place before he doesn't understand what the hell snow is mm -hmm. he doesn't understand why they have lights everywhere nothing's dead nothing's like decapitated there aren't you know witches and vampires and werewolves and shit everywhere and he was like what the fuck is all this and he just starts he's kind of like this is different I like this because this is not where I come from. And he yeah. starts becoming like really super interested in like what all this is. And it's like, cause Christmas town is basically, you know, 
Mr. and Mrs. Claus and like a bunch of fucking elves. Yes, and it's also like the opposite of what Halloween is. Yeah, it's the it's bright and it's vibrant and you know everybody's alive for one. Everybody in Halloween Town's basically dead or like resurrected dead or something like that. I mean, or like sewn together. Yeah, like sewn together like doctor. Sally is. <laughs> like Sally's basically just made up of body parts, which yeah. is disturbing. But she's supposed to be like a like a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, she's a female Frankenstein. Yeah, um, and then you know you have. I don't know what the hell the mayor is supposed to be. Like a wind-up doll? Uh, maybe, I guess, because his head rotates. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So he's kind of like some kind of sinister toy or something. I mean, Zero, he's like a dog that died. He's like Jack's old dog, and he just Zero just follows him around in ghost form. Zero is the bomb. Zero is the shit. Um, and he also, he leads the way on the sleigh because he's like the Rudolph <laughs> at the front of the sleigh with the skeleton glow, reindeer. Going, glowing jack-o'-lantern on his nose. Yep. Uh, and it's interesting because when you see towards the end, once Jack has everybody make all the uh, the presents that he's going to, he's going to, because he, he has the three uh, trick-or-treater kids that are like, they work for Oogie Boogie. He has them go capture Santa. They fuck up in the first time they capture the Easter Bunny by mistake. And they're like, well, you didn't tell us what you wanted us to take. And he was like, I told you to find Claus. <laughs> find Santa. Yeah. You know, and so then he was like, take the bunny back home, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so then once they do capture Santa, they have him in, in their custody. And, like, this is fucked up that I even have to explain how this works. Mm -hmm. So Jack has, like, a, uh, he has them make, like, a, uh, it's kind of like a coffin sleigh. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a Christmas sled, but it's Halloweenified because it has skeleton reindeer. He's got his ghost dog leading the way. Um, his, uh, like kind of like his, uh, main part of the sleigh is made out of a coffin and it's, uh, it's, what is it in the back? It's like a giant barrel, isn't it? That he yeah. put all the toys in. It's like, like a wooden barrel. Um, and so he takes off and he like kind of rides out and he's like over the moon and stuff like that. And the next shot that you see is him over top of the humans, and he's actually taking Santa's place. This movie exists in a realm of, like, magic and portals and uh -huh. shit like that. Because this shit doesn't actually exist. So if you're sitting here and you're, like, watching a fucking kid's movie, and you're like, well, how the fuck could he fit the reindeer in that, that coffin sleigh through the portal? It's like, why are you worried about that shit? It doesn't matter. This is uh, a story that has fucking Santa Claus in it. How can Hermione fix Harry's glasses with a wave of her wand? I mean, shit doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it does make sense. In movie because, form, magic can do whatever. Yeah. So, just enjoy. Yeah. Why are you nitpicking a fucking kid's movie? Who's sitting here with, like, nieces and nephews or, or whatever, uh, or, you know, like, kids of their own, and they're like... You know, why do you like this movie? This movie doesn't even make any fucking sense. How could Jack fit all that shit through a portal? And they're like, shut up, dad. You're retarded. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, dad. You're ruining this for you're us. You're fucking ruining the movie because you're, you're nitpicking well, I'm going to go asshole. on IMDb and talk about it then. If you I'm going to go on IMDb listen. and talk shit about it. Hey, my guys, you know that all that shit couldn't fit through that portal and everybody's like, shut the fuck shut up, Shut the fuck God. up, dude. <laughs> so that kind of leads me to my next comment is that Kids love this movie, right? Right. Adults love this movie. You could be fucking 80 and yes. love this movie. This movie is really made for about anybody. Or, or you could be 80 and still be better than Machine Gun Kelly. Right? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Your beard's weird. <laughs> Your beard's weird. Um, but uh, speaking of kids like Machine Gun Kelly, um, <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of you, people you don't want to fuck with us either, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, trust me, you do not want to. go We to listen to a lot of Eminem. We can, we can write a diss track. We can do that. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah, we're not rappers, but we'll take you the fuck down. Right. <laughs> take you down a couple of notches. Uh, but there's people that feel like that this movie was horrible for kids. <laughs> so, uh, actually, I can go ahead and th- it teaches them like what scary is. Like, really, like, because uh, you know, at a young age, they're supposed to start learning every emotion, like, you know, happy, sad, angry, and all that kind of stuff. You want them to familiarize that. Well, scary is one of them. You actually want them to know what that is, like. Spiders are scary, you know. Um, this is scary. Witches and vampires. Yeah, and witches and vampires. That's scary. And skeletons and yeah. stuff like that. Werewolves, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Because when you get older, the scariest thing is pregnancy tests and taxes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> well, luckily that was never scary for us. Anytime, <laughs> anytime we had a kid, we always wanted it. So that yeah. wasn't. There's nothing like the sense of dread. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, y'all like vampires because they might bite me. It's like, fuck that. I'm going to have kids. That's a war way more horrible. <laughs> yeah, we, we never thought that. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Uh, but so anyway, getting to the point. <laughs> uh, so it says, I saw this movie when I was five and I was terrified from it. Thus, I'm not going to agree with how everyone says this is the best movie ever. In my opinion, it wasn't even close to the best. It was the worst. It was really scary, horrifying, unfunny, and nightmare-inducing, horrible, and every other negative scary adjective you can think of. Even though the movie really wasn't that violent, I was so darn scared of it. I couldn't smile at all when I was watching it. It was just that scary. It should have been rated PG-13 instead of just PG. I'm never watching this movie ever again, no matter how much I want to. (laughs) I have a young son and his two friends were over and we were looking through movies to watch and they all decided on this. We got maybe 20 minutes in and the children, not me, decided to turn it off. No, I think that's a lie. How many times has your son watched this movie? Probably like 50 times. 50? Since, you, since you've had a copy of it? Yeah. For like five months. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like an average of several times a week, basically. At this point, and he's he just turned three, right? Because his birthday was like a week ago, two weeks ago. Was it a week ago? Was it two weeks ago? I forgot. It was ten days ago. Ten days ago, so almost two weeks ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so you know, and we already kind of established that his his son's kind of his oldest son is kind of a Halloween kid because he's he's you know. He's yeah. born in October. He's three and- years old. He loves Avengers and he loves. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, and he also he likes costumes and stuff. Yeah, because he's just running around being Captain America. Yeah, and it's like, it, but that's the Watch thing, out, Chris Evans. We got your replacement right here in my house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he just needs to put on about you know two hundred pounds of muscle. <laughs> that's okay. I think by the time he's of age, that would be the only time appropriate to recast for your legendary portrayal of Captain America. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, the thing that I, I, I feel about this movie is that, like, for people who think that this is, 
bad for kids. How many people watched this as a kid and then rebought copies of it when they were older to show it to their kids? Well, I was one of them. Yeah, so Steve's one of them because he has a copy of it and his son watches it and he just turned three. And he's not scared by the stuff in this movie. I mean, you literally have all this crazy Halloween stuff in this movie. And, like, they have, like, things getting decapitated. And you have, like, even, like, Oogie Boogie. I mean, underneath the sack, he's basically just a giant pile of bugs. Yeah, my son's more afraid of dragons than he is of this movie. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Because it's like, how the hell are you ever going to play Skyrim, man? Like He will. I think he'll like it. Eventually. I think he'll like it. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I don't even know where he's seen a dragon before in any of his movies, but he knows what they are and he's scared of them. Yeah. Which is weird because he likes dinosaurs. And dragons kind of look like dinosaurs. Dragons so. basically are dinosaurs. Yeah. Just like with big wings. dinosaurs with wings. Yeah. And he loves dinosaurs. So I don't know yeah. where he gets that from. Um, But uh, it, to me, it's like. When when I was a kid, I remember watching this movie, and I wasn't like I like this movie more than I like some other stuff, because like there's some of those movies. I think the main thing about this that makes a difference is that it, it's it's an animated movie, and so it, it it doesn't have that like visceral appeal of like you don't see blood in this movie, you don't see like blood and guts. It's not like watching Saw and you're like five because that'd be way too intense for a five year old. Yeah, that see that right there. That's what fucks people up is watching really super scary shit when they're young and not stuff because this isn't really scary. It's just spooky. Yeah, it's spooky. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my son even learned that word from this movie. He, you know, he was like, you know, spooky. No, or scary. No, spooky. You know, like he he even does the whole finger thing. Yeah, like. I don't know where he gets some of this stuff from, but he loves this movie. And I think it, you know, he likes to sing anyway. He, he likes musical stuff. So he got into it really quickly. Like literally the first time I showed it to him, he had asked for it after that. Mm -hmm. Like, like, can I watch Halloween? He'd call it Halloween. Now he calls it the nightmare before Christmas because I told him the name of it. Yeah. But he called it Halloween because of the song at the beginning. Yeah, this is Halloween. This, this is Halloween. Yeah, and it's based around Halloween Town, so that's yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He he called it Halloween a lot, like hey, but now he calls it the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's actually a good, uh, you know, because a lot of things that you want your kids to watch, you want it to have some type of point. Right. At the end. And this does. This has a very big point at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because part of it is that Jack tries to do, he tries to expand his boundaries but beyond what he, you know, what he normally would do. And he does and, it the wrong way. And he does it the wrong way because instead of like really trying to be Santa, he tries to use what he knows and scaring people and, you know, making the crazy toys that are like, all oh, the kids are freaked out about in the human world. And it's, it's like... almost basically like you can't change who you are. Yeah, it's like you you can expand your horizons to a degree, but there's some things that you're just not going to be good at, you know. And he's just not he was shit as Santa. I mean, they shot him out of the air because he was horrible. He and was he was scaring kids. He was scaring the shit out of kids and... You know, all kinds of crazy stuff was happening with all those, like, fucked up toys that he had everybody in Halloween Town make for the kids. And at the end of it, what he realizes is that he needs to, like, Halloween Town is where he needs to be. 
And the thing that was missing was somebody like Sally who gives a shit about him. Was Sally. Yeah. That was the thing that he was missing wasn't that he wanted something exciting. He was missing someone. He was lonely. And he was trying to fill that void with Christmas, like, oh well I can do this Christmas thing. This is what's gonna like help me get out of my rut. But it was Sally that got him out of that. It was a love story. And if you watch the extended version of this, Santa Claus comes back to Halloween Town. And Jack has four or five skeleton children with Sally running around. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. the version that I saw was the one on Freeform. Yeah, um, see? And try, it's, to, try to get you to come get my version. Well... Which was the real version. Yeah, it was. But also, I was, like, tired, and I was like, well, I can just watch it on Yeah, you watched the right version. Instead of him, he has, uh, like, four or five kids with Sally. Yeah. Well, how many extra minutes does the extended cut add in? Like thirteen, something like that. Thirteen minutes. Okay, it's a good number. Yeah, like but that, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it's I not mean, Lord of the Rings a lot. This was never supposed to be like an epic. Yeah, I mean, this movie is only like what seventy minutes long. It's not super long. Yeah, try at all. to make a four-hour stop-motion movie. It would take you like ten years to make that movie. <laughs> Peter Jackson will be like, I- I'll fucking try it. I'll try. I'll it. make a Hobbit movie out of fucking claymation, and people will be like, "You're retarded. You know, it's never gonna work." You know, like ten years later, he's like. Okay, well, I've actually, I'm. It's done now. I made a fucking, yeah. <laughs> made a Lord of the Rings movie out of fucking claymation. claymation. You guys want to see Legolas fucking shooting arrows in claymation? People will be like, "Fuck yes, I want to see that." Well, it's 18 hours long and it comes out in theaters next month. They're yeah. like, "Wait, 18 hours?" Yeah, it starts at the Hobbit and it ends at the end of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and it's none of the stuff that you've actually seen before. It's the other stuff. Yeah, and they're like, "Wait, what? Wait, what?" <laughs> I had also hours? added things from the Silmarillion, too, so suck on that dick, America, <laughs> and the rest of the world. So, like, this 18-hour movie just made, like, $35 billion. Right. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, the tickets were $100 a piece. <laughs> like, no wonder Peter Jackson's just swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck. Uh, <laughs> He's like a giant tower full of money somewhere be. in New Zealand. He's made like four billion dollar franchises or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean that workshop, that Weta workshop, it's worth a shit ton just on its own. I mean, as much as people don't like the Hobbit movies, th- that franchise made a billion. Yeah, and that's <laughs> gonna be uh, that's gonna be for our Christmas stuff. But we do have one more point to make, and uh, this is a smaller point, but. The thing That's what of, she said. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small point. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I went English for that. It just, yeah. I think um, English people are more insulting. Yeah, I do. I really do, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. They yeah, are. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'd be like, do you think British people could insult somebody better than American? It's like, oh, yeah, super easy. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Uh, people feel like this movie does not hold up well after 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah. Let me get to, let me get to the point. No! Let me get to the point. <laughs> okay. So, it's, and then you can, you can laugh hysterically afterwards. This movie simply does not stand up to the test of time. Some have said that the animation is very good. Well, by the standard of today, it is not. Also, gauging by the kids' reactions to the first comments, uh, in this were, this looks old. The camera is jerky and hard to watch. The scenes are all dark and bland. Halloween Town looks like a little cardboard set, not a cool, not in a cool stop motion type of way. 
the animation department could never fit more than a few characters on screen at the same time. It, uh, I give it a one out of 10 because children will simply be bored, uh, with a movie like this nowadays. <laughs> so no, not the get- case. Also, the camera's not jerky and hard to watch because it's not done with a fucking camcorder. It's done with photographs. Yeah. That's how stop motion works. Snap. Move the characters. Snap. 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 Yeah. Snap. You got you fuckers need to learn how shit works before you comment about this stuff. Stop motion is extremely technical. I remember having to do a stop motion project in high school because yeah. we had the um we had that computer lab and I had to do a stop motion yeah. animation that was what, two minutes? We had to do a stop motion that was two minutes long? Yeah, I had to do it too. Uh, it, was, it was one of those things where you actually had to, you know, do stop motion. Like, I thought about doing like a short in stop motion before, but you really have to be very technical. Like, every single small movement that you make has to go towards a bigger movement. You ever um, watch the episode of Parks and Rec where. Ben was unemployed and he is just sitting around the house for like weeks and he's doing this stop motion movie and he was like Rob Lowe's character comes over and he's like, What have you been doing? You need you know, you need to get work or whatever. And he's like, No, I've been doing this, this is great. And he's like, I have been working on this and he like shows him the stop motion movie and it's like Maybe 15 seconds and he ends it. It's like, I don't understand. I've been working on that for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> because every single, every single movement, every time the characters blink their eyes, every time the mouth moves, you have mm-hmm. to do, uh, you have to stop and take a picture. You have to move something, stop, take a picture. Move something, stop, take a picture. Yeah. Now imagine doing that over 70 something minutes of runtime or in, in the version that you watch, like roughly 90 minutes of runtime, you know, and it's, uh, it is extremely technical to do a movie like this. But also the other thing too, I think that people forget about this is that the characters are not necessarily supposed to look like they were designed in a computer. They're, they're meant to look like claymation or like wireframe character animation because that's the limitations of what you're working with. I mean, if you're working, especially if you're working with clay, clay is fucking horrible to work with unless you have a wireframe mannequin underneath it. They can keep the, the shape of the characters, but it's so difficult to do the things a, that robot chicken do is just so amazing. Right. They Cause they do that out, shit with action figures. They can and, turn out those episodes as fast as they do. These guys are super skilled. It's all, because of Seth Green. They have some crazy-ass animators that work on that show. Great people. Like so it's like, because I've always liked people. Robot Chicken because it's, they do a lot of, like, the wireframe mannequin animation, you know, like you would have in the movie like this. Mm-hmm. But they do, like, they do stuff with, like, action figures, you know. And it's like, the, the shit that they can get out of stop motion with just shit like toys and action figures is ridiculous. Yeah, their stuff looks great, too. But would you say that... If you watch something like Robot Chicken and then, you know, you're like, well, that doesn't look all that good. It's like, well, you try to do this shit like Celebrity Deathmatch. Celebrity Deathmatch, when you watch it, you're like, ah, the characters, 
might not look like super super great, but that's not the point. The point is the animation. Celebrity deathmatch. Celebrity deathmatch was the shit because Stone Cold was the fucking man. Stone Cold Steve Austin and fucking Manson because Manson killed everybody that he fought. (laughs) And then Stone Cold was kind of like he was like he he came on the show constantly. Yeah, that was a fucking awesome show. Celebrity deathmatch. Yeah, that's great. And that was, that was claymation, yeah. Yeah, uh, and also like the puppets that they made for like Stone Cold look exactly like Steve Austin. The one that they made for Manson looks exactly like Marilyn Manson at yeah. the time of like Mechanical Animals Manson. They hate it. They hate it like Hanson and uh, all that because they they let Manson. Didn't they, didn't they let Britney the Spears die once? And ah, oh, that's tragic. Yeah, or was I it Christina I think they did kill Britney once. Didn't they kill Mandy Moore once, or did Mandy Moore kill Britney or something? I forgot. I don't remember. Any, I don't remember. I don't remember the details of any of that, so I don't want to speak on it. But <laughs> but when you look at something like that, it's like the point is is that it's extremely difficult to try and make stop motion. It's stop motion is not going to look like Avatar, right? It's not going to look like you know the new Star Wars movies. It's not going to look like the Avengers movies with all this you know fancy ass crazy CG. It's not going to look like that because they're fucking they're like puppets. You know they're like they're like wireframe puppets that are being done in stop motion. But still, to this guy's point, what he's talking about how bad it the Nightmare looks. Before Christmas looks. 2018 Robot Chicken doesn't look as good as 1992 or 1993 Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. The Nightmare Before Christmas looks better than that. Yeah. Well, because they had a lot of time to work on it. Right. And they had more budget, obviously, but also like well, they, I'm just saying they they were saying it's out of date. It's obviously not out of date because it looks better than most of the stuff today that you do stop motion. Yeah, that you yeah. do stop motion. It's probably the standard that people actually set for stop motion today. Because the thing about stop motion, if you do it well, there's no really doing it better. There's only doing it just as good. Right. Right? I mean, the like a Nightmare Before Christmas is the standard. It's like, set everyone... the bar for stop motion again. Yeah, because before this, name me a movie that did stop motion that was better than the Nightmare Before Christmas that you could even remember. The only one that I can remember that, that I can remember has stop motion is the, um, shit, what is it? The, the Jason and the Argonauts? Or no, Clash of the, was it uh, Clash of the Titans? Because Clash of the Titans had stop motion shit in it because it was Ray Harryhausen did the stop motion for like the creatures and stuff. But did it look as good as the Nightmare Before Christmas? No, definitely not. You can go back to Clash of the Titans from when the fuck was that? Was that the 70s? 70s. Yeah. You can go back to that, like the Ray Harryhausen era. And Ray Harryhausen was considered like the guy for stop motion animation back in the day. Because if you were doing a movie that had like, you know, like Minotaurs and mythological creatures and shit in it. Like he did a lot of like Greek mythology stuff and, you know, clash of the Titans is all that. Um, you can look at those and you're like, ah, it really looks bad. Like that doesn't hold up very well. You can watch clash of the Titans from back in the day. And it really, really looks old. It looks very low budget compared to what you have now. And then you can see Jack Skelton in kingdom hearts. Yeah. Uh, which, Halloween Town's featured in, you fight, you know, you can actually fight, you know, Oogie Boogie with, you know, um, Sora and Sora, and Donald, Donald, or Goofy. Uh, Goofy. 
and Jack. And Jack looks exactly the same in the game as he does in his movie. Right. You know, one of the best, one of the games that stands up the test of time better than any. Because Kingdom Hearts 1 isn't one of those games where you're like, oh, I can't play that now because the graphics look bad. They looked amazing. Yeah. And that's one of those games where the graphics don't matter. But I think the, the kind of like the end point of this basically is that if you're going to judge something on its animation that's that's an older movie like this, I don't really know. It's like, well, then what would you consider to be better than this then that is the same type of stop motion animation? Because he's done other stop motion animation since because like Coraline was stop motion. And wasn't Frankenweenie a stop motion, if I remember right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's done other stop motion since then. But there's still some of those things that still don't look as good as The Nightmare Before Christmas does. Because it is kind of like the it set the bar for what stop motion could look like in the 90s and on into the future. You know, so if you have a movie that's, you know, over 20 years old like this, it, it's... If you're looking at it from the perspective now of like a millennial, for example, that's like, oh, this movie doesn't hold up. You're looking at it from like a really backwards point of view. You know, we grew up watching shit like this because we were primarily 90s kids. People would call us millennials because of our age, but we're not millennials. We don't act like millennials. We don't like the same shit yeah, as millennials. Millennials do. are is a personality type. It's not a. It's not a. It's not an age a, range. It's not an age range, and that I mean that's been proven. Like it's just it's not a personality type. Because you know that's not what we are. We're not millennial people. You know because I mean, millennials are complainers. They complain about everything. They yeah. they make a. a they have to fight about everything. Like, everything's, like, a problem. Right. And everything's not a problem. Some things are problems, but there's problems that we've been dealing with before you started dealing with them. Uh-huh. Like, we've already been working on those problems. Before you bitched about it on Twitter and yeah, you put we've already, shit on Instagram. You know, we've already been dealing with, you know, women's rights and, you know, how, they, how they've been treated and stuff like that. And even you, you just... Didn't, you didn't change it. We, we're the ones that set the set the bar for changing it that's yeah. because we've already been casting women in strong roles and you guys if anything set them back right you know honestly that's all you guys do you guys actually push people back works and want to complain about somebody being a character in a movie or something it's like well they're not that race it's like yeah you know, not like, when Scarlett Johansson play a transgender person, and maybe she could have spoke very heavily for the transgender people. You don't have anybody she else could have pushed that agenda. Yeah, you don't have anybody else as strong as or popular as her that's actually transgender that can push that message. And you actually had one of the like greatest female actresses of all time actually get a role. It, it, it's basically like if Marilyn Monroe would have been casted as a gender, a transgender person, and you were like, you know what, fuck this. She's not really transgender. Fuck you, Marilyn Monroe. And she could have got your point across, and you didn't let her. That's your fucking failure. Yep. That's your fucking failure, and it's, I guarantee you most of those people that was complaining weren't even transgender. 
It yep. was just fucking. They picked a cause that they could complain about on on Twitter, and they just ran with it. And then you know she she pulled out. Now she can't speak for them. Yep. And whenever she had the power to, like you just ruined it. And I would have liked to seen that. You yeah, know, I really would have liked to seen that. It's uh, but that I think is is part of the problem is that especially when you look at a movie like this, this is just like a cheerful, you know, crazy, wacky kids movie. Right. Right. But the, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of kids who grew up in the nineties that watched it like this and it affected their childhood. Some of these ass clowns are like, Oh, my childhood was ruined by this movie because it was too scary. And I'm like, no, if anything, I'm like this, the thing that, that made me fucking terrified in my childhood was that fucking Chucky doll. I still hate that motherfucker. Unless we're talking about John Gruden. That's different. It's a different kind of Chucky. See, Chucky didn't bother me. Yeah. See, Chucky always bothered me because, uh, my mom always liked to watch like child's play and like the Friday the 13th and like the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies and stuff like that when I was a kid, because my mom was really big into horror movies and I remember going to the movie theater. My mom took me to see, I think it was Child's Play 2 or was the original Child's Play. That doll scared the fuck out of me because I was too young to see that movie. And that's the problem. I think sometimes what happens is, is that if you have, if you take a child to go watch something that is way beyond their age, it can start to fuck you up. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm fucked up because I watched Chucky kill a bunch of people. Yeah, you're fucked up for a lot of I, 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 I'm super <laughs> fucked up. I'm super fucked up forever now. But what I'm saying is is that like it's a combination of parenting, it's a combination of making sure that your kids understand, you know, what the what the movie's about. And also like people that go in here and they complain about something like Nightmare Before Christmas. This is just a kid's movie. Why are you th- why are you thinking about you know, like the movie making women into bisexuals and turns them into goths and stuff like that. That's like you're weird. not supposed to be thinking about shit like that. It's a harmless movie about a Halloween town and, and Jack Skellington specifically trying to, he's trying to do something with Christmas and he fucks up and then realizes that that's not what his calling is. His calling is to be the pumpkin King. He's not supposed to be Santa. And so yeah. when he lets Santa go back to do what he does and he can go back to being the pumpkin King and it's like this movie doesn't need to be super explained. It's pretty easy to understand. Yeah, exactly. And just don't take your kids to see anything with murder in it until they're teenagers. Right, yeah. Because just, that's you know, just just that's the easy rule. If there's murder in it, yeah, don't take have, a young kid. Yeah, they have to be at least a teenager. What should right. take you when you're like seven? Yeah, I saw the, the child's play. What did I see child's play? I was like seven or eight, I think. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You shouldn't see that. There's a doll murdering people. Yeah. And it's like, why the fuck would you, why would you, or I might have even been younger than that. When did the second child's play come out? I would never let my kid watch that. Like, like yeah. I literally walk in and my wife will be watching some of those crime shows or whatever. I'm like, you shouldn't be watching this while they're up. Yeah, so what? It's, it's it's not bad. I was like, it is kind of bad because like, it's about literally on there talking about rape and murder, and uh, you know you got like, like a young Law and kids Order around. Special Victims Unit, and it's yeah, like, do like, you really need to have rape on the TV while the kids are up playing? Like, seriously, like, I'm not watching this. I was like, yeah, <laughs> but it's on. Yeah, like, turn it off. Put it on whenever you know they go to sleep and watch it all night. And care. then watch NCIS or whatever you want to watch, Law and Order. Yeah. You know. But, but you know that that stuff just, just seems too young. Be a parent and don't be a dickhead. 
Yeah. And make sure that your kids are appropriate to see shit. But this movie's appropriate. You can take little kids to see this because it's kind of meant for everybody to watch it. You know, it's a, it's a PG say, movie. You know, and I'd say don't use ratings. Use your own best judgment as a parent. Right. You know, because there are some movies that are, like, rated over what they should be rated that that's actually okay for younger kids to see. Right. Like, a lot of times they overrate stuff. Like, hey, this is uh, rated PG-13, and it's like... Yeah, it's not but, really PG-13. I was like, yeah, but my kid could totally watch this. Yeah. You know, because isn't Avengers rated PG-13? I think so. But it's just fighting. Yeah, it's just fighting. There's nothing, like, wrong with any of that. Like, it's good guys versus bad guys. It's a battle of good and evil. Yeah, comic books long- have always been good for kids. Yeah, and as long as, you know, kids understand what it's about, you know, it's fine. Like, yeah. Like, my, my son loves it. Like, he, you know, Captain America fan, he, he Hulk smashed purple, even though that's not what happens in that scene. Right. Um, <laughs> Hulk gets his ass kicked. Hulk but, gets his ass kicked by Grimace is what happens. <laughs> but he's more of a Hulk fan, so I don't want to say no, no, no. He he gets his. He ass actually kicked. got his ass kicked by Thanos. It's yeah, like no, 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 don't no. shatter the illusion. Let him learn that later. That actually yeah. Hulk got his ass kicked by Thanos. But you but, know, I don't. I don't want to say that because you know the next Avengers comes out and Hulk might beat Thanos's ass, and then you know yeah, your son was right the whole yeah, time. Yeah, the whole time he's like Hulk did smash you, purple. Hulk smash purple, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, you're damn right. Yeah, you're exactly. damn right. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, this this has been beyond the hate. Uh, we okay. have we have some end cards to do. We have some end cards. Uh, uh, so what we're gonna do here, uh, for this one is we're going to name. Let's see, we're gonna name uh, the animated Tim Burton style movies until one of us can't think of one. Uh, okay. So, I'll start uh, Corpse's Bride. Uh, Coraline. Uh, Frank and Weenie. Uh, Hotel Transylvania. Is that kind of... Well, yeah, I guess so. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, can't really think of anything else. I had one other one, and I was going to be <laughs> out. Because my other one was Paranorman, and I was like, that was as far as I could go with it. <laughs> okay, so I'll just say these in like a Halloween-style voice. I don't know what that means, but I'll just kind of be spooky about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I'll do it in that type of voice. Okay. Uh, Tom Retardy. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even breathe right now. Uh, Oh, God. I was not expecting that. uh, Steve Carsmell. (laughs) <laughs> what? What? Bruce Dingleberry. <laughs> Pussy Pirates. <laughs> Emma, what, son? <laughs> Thank you and good night. Remember, it's all fun and games until we show up. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, Google, iTunes, and many, many Fucking more. Fucking everywhere, yeah. Uh, uh, if you guys have any uh, thoughts or comments, email us at beyondthehate at yahoo.com. 
and thank you, and we love you. Peace.